What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to Straight Facts, a sports show that educates and entertains. I'm your boy, James Jackson, with my two guys, because we, you know, we got one week of a full roster, but, you know, that seems to always just be good enough. But no stat, Matt Robinson, Jake Galley, and Kyle Sarek here with me. And we're knee deep into the playoffs at this point. We're actually just talking about off camera since we do weekly episodes. We got to start looking at these playoffs in, in a whole instead of, you know, just game at a time, because... You know, that, that's where we really have to get into. So that leads us right into the fact straight at you because two teams find, find themselves down 0-2 in this series. And only two teams this century have come back being down 0-2 in the second round of the playoffs and got on to win the series. That's the 8 Spurs against the Hornets and the 0-4 Lakers against the Spurs. Like I said, two different teams find themselves down 0-2 and in, in two very similar holes. We'll go to the first one, and that's the Nets and the Bucks. Of course, the Nets find themselves up 2-0 against the reigning, or I guess, former MVP now um, in Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Bucks. But Kyle, go ahead, do your thing, because I need the facts on the Nets-Bucks, because it's getting shaky for the Bucks, man. Yeah, well, the Bucks stats, or the Brooklyn stats, sound a lot like last week, how efficient they are. Um, no Harden doesn't seem to matter. They're shooting almost 50% mm -hmm. from the field, 44% from three. 88% from the free throw line. So the efficiency is insane. And Milwaukee's struggling simply because, like, they're playing bad. Chris Middleton's supposed to be the second best player on this team. He's averaging 15 points on 30% field goal percentage. That can't get it done, especially against the Nets. And he has Bruce Brown defending him, and he's 2 and 11 against Bruce Brown. I don't know about you guys. I didn't think Bruce Brown was some elite defender. I think they're just playing poorly. Um, Milwaukee is also shooting in the 50s for free throw percentage, which is not how you win playoff basketball. Any coach tells you, you know, make your free throws, right. don't turn the ball over. You can keep it simple. So um, mm. we're seeing the team in the Nets, you know, continuing what they did in round one. And the Bucks maybe had a little too much time off because they came out very slow. They're down 0-2 right now. Going back to Milwaukee, but it's getting scary for them. Does it boil down to just that, though, Jake? Does it boil down to just one team is super efficient and one team is not? Because, Kyle, you have it perfectly in the stat or in the script. The Nets are shooting 50-40-90 as a team. Dot, 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 what the fuck? Because <laughs> as a team, like, that's I've never seen that. That's efficiency literally basketball has never seen. So does it just boil down to one team is crazy efficient and one team is not efficient and you find yourselves up 2-0? So I, th I think... To a point, it, 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 that kind of is the difference. Overall, I think Brooklyn is better than Milwaukee. I think everyone, you know, kind of agrees with that. But the gap was thought to be much, much closer. Mm. So I think it's a combination of Brooklyn really feeling themselves. In game two, you could see it. That first half, they just poured it on Milwaukee. And, you know, couldn't do anything. And then on the other side, it's Milwaukee kind of clamping up. I'm going to call them from now on until they... Till they change their ways. They are the Milwaukee Pilgrims mm -hmm. because they're settling <laughs> on offense. They're settling. You should watch the shots. Uh, Middleton is taking like these turnaround contested shots. That's why he's shooting 30%. Bruce Brown's a fine player, but you're supposed to be an all-star. You're supposed to be a guy who can attain nearly 50, 40, 90 yourself. Like Ma Max guy, right? This is Max money, Chris Middleton. Now, I need better than That's what I'm else. saying. This is what you're paid for. So... I mean, it's going to be tough stuff. It's going to be tough sledding for them if they can't get Middleton going. And then also, I think they need to get Brooks Lopez a little bit more involved. If you look at his shooting numbers, he's shooting like 50%, granted only on, uh, I think, four three-pointers, six mm -hmm. three-pointers, something like that. But 
He's scoring the same as Middleton in 10 less minutes. Isn't it? I mean, Jake, me and you used to always crack the hell up when Brooke Lopez would snap. And you remember when I would, when, <laughs> like, end of end of his Nets tenure, when I would say Brooke Lopez was a top, top 10 center in the league, and people would laugh at me, make fun of me. And I was like, but watch him. Because when Brooke Lopez pops off, one, it's really enjoyable to watch. And whatever team he's on, if Brooke Lopez is popping off, like, that's your spark plug. Like, sometimes this man has hit seven threes in a game. Like, it's, I've, I've watched him do it. He's shot 42% from three for a whole season. I've watched him do it. So Brooke Lopez can actually be this factor. And Kyle, is it, that must be you who put it in the, in the script. Brooke Lopez is the Bucks' only hope. Like, is that is he really that much of an X factor in this series? I think Jake did that actually. But I, I think to an extent, yes. Um, because we're seeing him almost, you know, with the amount of volume that he's not getting. Mm -hmm. They're not, the Bucks aren't cashing in on that so i think when you have a guy that you know isn't playing bad and we've seen him do this before as you said getting his volume up could help what i think personally that the bucks need to figure out is defense um i'd be very surprised if chris middleton has a poor game three and four say they get swept i'd be very surprised if chris middleton doesn't turn it around at least a little bit but they have no answers here they're letting blake griffin score a lot they're giving up open threes to joe harris and we're talking about a team that's traditionally like this season and last season one of the best perimeter defending teams in the league mm. so I, I mean i mean they're they're not playing defense and defense leads to offense it, it, it's tough it's really tough i could see the offense come around but the defensive game plan that they currently have instilled is not going to get it done what defensive game plan is that it, it is, it, <laughs> what it's, is hoping it? and fucking it's hoping and fucking praying yeah th let me tell you exactly what exactly what it is the NBA, so like whatever, Stern nixed the Chris Paul trade. Maybe they sent Ewing to New York. There's a lot of conspiracy theories in the history of the NBA. Blake Griffin needs to be invested. Blake Griffin <laughs> needs quit. to be fucking invested. Dude, he quit on Detroit. He quit. Like the, what he's doing now, he looks like old Blake Griffin. Do you, it's messed do you up. remember when we had Max Gordon, Brainiac NBA, and I'm and I'm calling out Max Gordon and Brainiac NBA right now live on the airways because do you remember when he was on this show clowning blake when when the nets got him and i said an unengaged blake griffin is probably like one of the most checked out players in the league and that's what he was in detroit like he still had it he just was not trying to clearly see he was not trying he was not about to get hurt for that team for what so i knew no. i knew it was eventually coming so i, I was crazy i predicted like a I don't know, a 17 and seven stat line or something like that for him. And he had one game of over 17 and seven. But what I, what I really, I was overselling the point of Blake Griffin was going to be an impact player. And I could, I could definitely see it now. Uh, where I yep. was definitely wrong was thinking that Drew Holiday and PJ Tucker were going to make this Bucks team better in different ways that we weren't going to see from last year. Like not on the offensive end, but really helping on the defensive end and, and shutting down key players in the nets. And they're not doing any yeah. of that. PJ Tucker had the had the the steal on Kevin Durant in the first quarter of game one, and it stopped after that. Like that, I, when I saw that in the first quarter, I was like, "That's exactly why they got PJ Tucker." I'm over here patting myself on the back, like I can't wait to brag about it on the podcast. And then he got lit the fuck up every possession after that. Just got lit up. Yep. It, it is too easy for Kevin Durant right now, and PJ Tucker is not. It is giving little little to no resistance, and Drew Holiday is giving little to no resistance on Kyrie. 
Yeah, I'm surprised on the Kyrie thing, especially you see what Harden goes out 30 seconds into game one. He's most likely gone for the season. I don't know if that's a, or for the series. I don't know if that's official yet, but it doesn't look like he's I don't, playing. I don't bring it. Until the Bucks win, I have no I have no rush to bring back James Harden. But they look fine without him. <laughs> I agree. And back to the Griffin point, I don't know if you guys saw last game. My man went for like a reverse jelly layup, mm-hmm. and it looked he missed it, but it looked tough, and I was like, I had to Google it. How old is Blake Griffin yeah, right now? There you go. Here we go. I, I was because this is stuff we've never even seen him do before. Like it looks, his athleticism right now is insane. Not to mention he's shooting almost fifty percent from three this series. I, I mean, they have to do something. Last time we talked about is it Harden, Kyrie, or Durant? They need to shut down. Well, they don't even have Harden, and which should make it easier for you as a defense. And they still can't shut anyone down. Um, so yeah, I, I do think it's the defense for the Bucks right now. That's crazy. O- offensively, you know, we're having some guys with off nights, and maybe Giannis should be scoring thirty a night and not twenty six. But we're pinching, we're pulling hairs there. I mean, like mm-hmm. play defense and figure it out on the offensive side. That'll come. The Nets, the Nets are doing all this without James Harden. And remember, a wise man once said, mm, "Give him James Harden." Just remember that always. But no, I want to go back. I want to go back to the Bucks point you said, Kyle, because everyone—that's what everybody was saying. Giannis has to average not 30, 33 to 35 plus. He just has to. Like, we get it. It's it's a outstanding ask. Like, it's a lot to ask from somebody. And, and damn near people not named Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, LeBron James. Like, it might be too much to ask for people not named that. But if you want to beat the Brooklyn Nets, that's just the reality of what it takes. Your star player yep. has to score 35. Your next best has to score 27. And Drew Holiday has to score 20. Like, that's just that's what it has to be. That's where it starts. And it's not happening. 26 probably gets you past a lot of people. It just doesn't get you past that. It doesn't get you past that. Like, I think Giannis could learn a lot from the way that... And maybe not a great example since Nikola Jokic's team is down 0-2 as well. But mm-hmm. the way that Jokic works as both... I mean, he's been more of a scorer in the playoffs, but... He is an ultimate passing hub. It goes into him at the post, guys move around him, and he finds open shooters. Mm. Like, that's what Giannis has to be. Giannis can't be, he no, no, no. certainly cannot be Mr. Pull-Up Jumper, which he <laughs> fell in love with in game two. But He's trying something because he's going to kick it out to shooters and, and, and bricks are going to go up. Like, you know, Drew Holiday was, Drew Holiday and P.J. Tucker averaging 11 points, like, combined or something through this series or something crazy. Like, so it's, it's, it's nuts, but... I do. Th- oh, go ahead, go ahead, real quick. I, I was going to say that I, I, I totally agree with you that like guys have to play better around him, and Giannis is, is certainly not the problem. But game one, just to illustrate the settling point, game one, 16 shots in the paint against Brooklyn uh, from Giannis, and then in game two, only five. I mean, that, that cannot happen. You need 15, 20 shots in the paint if you're Giannis, and then you can work off that. Yeah, yeah. What I was going to do was segue because you was talking about talking about Jokic. One, I know y'all are salty, but before we even get into the series, congratulations on Nikola Jokic for, for winning every <laughs> for winning MVP this year. Um, I know I know that's something that don't make y'all happy, but it's it, it happened. You know what? Like like go I, ahead, go ahead, get it off. go ahead, go ahead, get it off, get it off. This is I'm not, I settled that that was gonna happen like a month ago. I was like, yeah, it's gonna happen. But did it make it, had a good year? But did it make uh, you feel any better when the news dropped? Did it really make you feel any better? I did. No, I'm just I looking knew, for that so, ring though. Like, like Kyle said, yeah, it's it's all about the. I mean, oh, the Sixers got completely snubbed unless. They're going to put Maxi for rookie of the year. Not happening. No. But they've got completely snubbed out of the award. So, look, Jokic, like, if I'll put it this way if Embiid 
and Jokic's situations were flipped. Jokic on the best team, Sixers were like third seed, and Bede played the whole year. Jokic didn't. Mm-hmm. I would want, I I would want uh, Jokic to win, or I would want I would want Embiid to win. Right, right. If situations were flipped. I would expect him to win. Right. So like, it is what it is. I I love the answer that are like, what'd you do to celebrate? It's like, um, watch five hour Pokemon in my house. Mm. Like, <laughs> he's a one of a kind type dude. I man, do so. think he got shafted on the on the presentation and and the announcement of it because I don't think it was supposed to get out. We got we got investigative journalists that work over overtime, and somehow Shams got a hold of it, and it was confirmed by ESPN. And then Adam Silver interrupts their team meeting to to appear and give him the award. Like that's even though it's still kind of COVID times, that's not how it was supposed to happen. That's not how he was supposed to get MVP. The NBA kind of messed up their little NBA awards that they do in July now because. Like it was supposed to be, it's supposed to be announced then, like at the awards. I kind of that messes up the money a little bit. Like I just, I have a feeling it wasn't supposed to go down like that. Like, and it wasn't even Woj who broke it. That's crazy. That's Shams who that's, broke that. That's like Dude, life as a professional. Shams athlete. is taking over. Yeah. It's just like, hey, uh, you look down at your phone and it's like, oh, I'm traded. Wad says I'm traded. Woj says I'm traded. I'm traded. Like if you, that's how people. <laughs> yeah, find but out. the so. MB, the MB, but the NBA wants it to be that way. That way we don't have to give you the bad news. The MVP, like we sell money to announce the MVP. It's not supposed to be announced on Twitter. Just I wonder Twitter. what they'll do with that. That's a good point. Like you know what I mean? who's watching that show? Yeah, like I'm, I barely <laughs> watched it to begin with. <laughs> uh, but let's but let's go to that Suns and Nuggets series that. Features, yes, the MVP, but it also features the point guard. And Kyle, go ahead and get the facts all out the way so I can go ahead and talk my CP3 shit afterwards. But give us the facts. Yeah, on the uh, yeah it features the MVP. And for the Denver Nuggets, it features no one else right now. Mm. No other Nuggets players have scored more than 18 points in a game. Jokic last night played well, 24 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists. Not a big Jokic game, but you got to remember, he didn't even play 30 minutes. That game got out of hand quickly. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the Nuggets had 26 points or the starters had 26 points on 28% shooting. You, I mean, you can't do, you can't expect to win a second round of a playoffs when one guy of your starting five is playing good basketball. Chris Paul, on the other hand, who you mentioned, and I'll let you give him a shine, but I'll run the numbers real quick. Run the numbers. 38 on. points, 26 assists, and only one turnover through two games. Point guy it's shit. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Point yeah. shit. It is ridiculous. In game one, four guys on the uh, Suns had double digits. And it's really this. I mentioned this, the Nuggets starting five, but it's the starting five difference right now. The benches are playing somewhat similarly. But when you look at the starting five, Phoenix has 176 points from those five guys on 57% shooting and 44% from three. And the Nuggets starters have 126 points on 42% shooting and 29% from three. And I promise you, those shooting numbers are being very inflated mm-hmm. by one man, mm-hmm. Nikola Jokic. So. They need to figure something out there because their bench is playing all right. I mean, their bench is playing all right. Paul Millsap's playing in good minutes, which you know, Paul Millsap. Paul Millsap's going to do that. I think what that was. Yeah. That's Michael Malone should should if, if he takes any solace, or finds any silver lining, it's moving Paul Millsap to the bench midseason. Like that was that was huge for for him and his scheme and what it's doing now for his bench because if Paul Millsap's in the starting lineup and their bench unit has to you know insert somebody else in there i I think phoenix bench is is winning that battle as well and maybe the series is a runaway um but Mm -hmm. i'm extra happy at this series not only is chris paul doing his thing but mikhail bridges former not only villanova wildcat but but chester county 610 native uh, went to you know great valley right down the road from our former high school phoenixville like to see him hooping i was i was talking to my man rich the other day and, and we're watching the suns game we're like 
I, I really guarded him in high school. Like I, I, I really <laughs> shared a court with him in high school, and and he he dunked on my center in high school, and now and now he's guarding Le, like he's guarding LeBron in the playoffs. Like it really was a where am I and where is he moment. <laughs> you can't do that. To like I was like, man, we we were at one point at the same spot, and now we're definitely Kinda. not. But but it's. Y'all was never the same. Y'all was, <laughs> y'all was never We'd go back to like sixth grade, yeah, seventh grade. Still not the same. I'm sure he made the seventh grade team when he was on sixth grade and all that. Like I'm, I stayed the course. But to, to see him hooping is why the Suns have all the momentum. You can win games and they can be back and forth body blows, but it's when your extra guys when, when Mikel Bridges is winning his matchup against Michael Porter Jr. on a night-in and night-out basis, that's why the Suns have all the momentum, is our extra guys are performing, your extra guys aren't. And going into the series, that's exactly the matchup I said I wanted to look for, was Mikel Bridges against Michael Porter Jr. And, and sorry to Puma fan, but it it, it it was Mikel Bridges from the jump, from from the minute the ball tipped, Mikel Bridges was winning that matchup. So uh, I think it's interesting because I heard, you know, the quotes Mike Malone said, you know, we quit or, we, you know, there's a team that was trying one to something along those lines, essentially said his team quit. And I was actually talking with Scal today, Brian Scalabrini. Mm. And he was like, that was directly directed at Michael Porter Jr. No one else. That was that's what he thinks. Really? Because, and it makes sense because in the playoffs, like when you aren't shooting well, you got to dig down, you know, you, you, you have to go doubly hard on defense to make an impact and make sure you're not hurting your team. Yep. Michael Porter Jr. doesn't know what the hell that means. Yeah, no, 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 no. He, he has no dog. Like, I don't really, I'm, I'm not going to say he doesn't, but he hasn't shown that he has that dog in not him. On, to, not all around. On defense, right, right he all around. Get a bucket, he, wants, he can go get a bucket if he wants to, but yeah. So this would be, I mean, and you remember last playoffs, he said something goofy. I can't, I can't remember exactly what it was. Uh, that got him in hot water with the team, but like, like, oh, you better watch out. Mm-hmm. He might find his way on out of there if he keeps pulling this stuff in the playoffs. But I do want to just say, give myself a pat on the back uh, before you go into your, or did you go into your Chris Paul rant? Oh, oh you, you would know rant. if I went into my Chris Paul rant. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, did I miss it? I ain't sniffed that joint yet. Go ahead. I just want to hearken back few episodes ago i think mid-season maybe when the month when the all the trades went down okay i pointed to the nuggets guard depth and i said hmm mm. you know they traded monty morris if jamal murray were to get hurt they'd be really thin and you guys said something to the effect of like nah nah they got they got i don't know facundo campaza i don't know who no, you said is it at one monty morris is still there he's been hooping a little bit yeah, monty morris but, who, who do they trade they traded um um, um Gary, Eric, uh what's his name Gary Harris. Gary Harris. Gary yeah, Harris. Why, why yeah. we blank him? Yes, and 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 we and Monte Morris was the person that we pointed to, and we were right about that. I think that was Kyle who pointed to Monte Morris, if I remember correctly. Um, and but but it's not enough because yeah, I fuck with Monte Morris. No, like, but, yeah, they good last series against the Blazers. The Campazzo <laughs> show is over. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that was in the first round is is over. We shut that down quick. You can you can do that against everybody else. Where Chris Paul's on the other side, where all that no look stuff that she was that's over. Okay. Quiet that noise. I couldn't wait for that to stop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there, there comes a point where like 
The unathletic, crafty white guy can just go no further in the playoffs. Luka, Jokic, there just comes a point where it's just not good enough, okay? When people are flying above the rim, there's only but so much I don't look past can do. There's only, there's only but so much. But that league, one thing, go ahead, go ahead. One thing, one thing about the guard depth, though, is the I think the Falco show could be over because Will Barton played about 16 mm -hmm. minutes last game. Um, and the way the Nuggets are playing right now, he's a vet on that team. He's been in Denver for a long time. I wouldn't be it. surprised to see Michael Malone put him right into the starting lineup. He can't wait next for game. he can't wait for Will Barton to get back. That's not yeah. He didn't. Well, he didn't start last yeah. game. Um, but I, I think it was probably going to happen next game. High energy. They need high energy guy in there too. All right, mm -hmm. everything and else. Bar Barton can go for 20 easily on a night. I mean, they, they need someone like that, mm -hmm. especially if Michael Porter Jr. is not going to be doing it. Yeah. There comes a time in each episode when we talk about the Suns that I take the, <laughs> that I take the floor and talk about Chris Paul. I'm going to go to the bathroom. Right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if you got if you got to refresh in your drink, if you, if you, <laughs> you got to get more chips, do that now because we'll be we'll be here for a while. No, but in, in all seriousness, Want to see him battle back from the shoulder injury. Like, you guys know my PTSD when it comes to Chris Paul. When I see any kind of injury in the playoffs, my mind goes to the absolute worst. We're done. So, you know, we'll move, we're moving another to another zip code next year, and we're going to go to the playoffs. So he had the the guttiest 18-point performance to come back from that, that shoulder injury against the Lakers, and he's been, he's been great ever since. But what I think people are, are finally starting to see is those intangibles that everybody talks about, like the the being a great floor general, spacing the floor, the pace of play, making people better. You can't see that. And Chris Paul makes that come to life. And he makes you be able to literally see that on the screen. Like you can see points, assists, rebounds, steals. You can see all of that. But the reason why you go get somebody like Chris Paul is for the things you can't see. But he's so good that... When you watch the Suns play, like you can literally see it. You can literally see him control the pace. You can see him put everybody in their right spot, feed it to them in their right spot, make everybody better. And it's it's why the Suns, you know, have such a chokehold on this on this series. I didn't even expect them to win game one. I thought Jogic was gonna be MVP Jogic. I thought he was gonna get the best of DeAndre Ayton. So shout out to DeAndre Ayton for holding his own in this series against Jogic. Um and I thought game one was gonna be the one that they they, you know that Jokic shows that he's the MVP and it's too much for the Suns. And it hasn't been that. And maybe this is, you know, game three is the one they get going back to uh going back to Denver. But the way the the way the Suns are playing, it looks eerily similar to how much they were controlling the pace of the Lakers series, to be honest. And they're a well-rounded team. Like who like what what is their weak point? I don't know how. Like, what? What? What do you? They're learn deep on? in I mean, every like position too. Like the like the bench comes in and performs as well. Like, yeah, Tory Craig's been playing really mm -hmm. well. I was gonna point at like the bench squad, but Tory Craig's getting valuable minutes, making show that like Sarge doesn't even have to play that much. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe this is their year. Maybe maybe this is Chris's year, man. First of all, first of all, let's. This is the thing that that's not jinx something. They now. just play team basketball and probably to the effect of you know the best of any team still playing in the playoffs right now by the aspect that it doesn't matter who's going to take 15 shots a night we all might take 10 but mm. it's going to be a very efficient 10 shots for all five guys on the court and that's how it's been getting done i mean um, we talked about it so much you know the, the couple of times we we focus on the suns this year but uh, you know a 10 11 different players averaging double figures in a regular season or something stupid like that um and, and the games that they're winning, I mean, there's been a Devin, 
there's been a Devin uh, a Devin Booker game where he snaps for you know 40 plus, but most of the time, like in in game one or game two, I forget which game that it was. It was, I think Chris Paul and Devin Booker both with 21. Mikel Bridges with you know he had his game, so it was game one, 25 or 26. DeAndre Ayton nope. with 20 and 10. Torrey Craig with you know 12 or 13. Cameron Payne with 15. There were everybody was in the. 25, 15 to 25 rates. Literally every person who's on the floor. And yep. it was it was so spread out and so even. No one got hot, but no one got cold. Like it was it was steady. Whoever we passed the ball to is getting a shot in, in their spot and it's going in. So that's just that's just how the Suns have been doing it. It's been it's been even game two looked even game two looked a lot like that. Mm. It wasn't, you know, 40 guys all getting 20 points, but they didn't even have to play that many minutes. Um, I know no one on that Nuggets team eclipsed 30 minutes. I think um, on Phoenix, a couple guys got the 30, you know, 31, 32, maybe 33. But they kind of like got the rest towards the end of that game. Um, and it's 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 funny having the uh, the Villanova kid in this system because that is all that Jay Wright does at Villanova. You got the point guard that is probably most fit to run a team like this in the entire league. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you fill in a couple right pieces. You know, Devin Booker can score a lot. DeAndre Ayton's taken a huge jump um, in the past whatever years. And Jay Crowder, who's had an impact on every team he's ever played for, yeah. talking about the Jazz, the Celtics, and now the Suns. I mean, it's kind of all it's, coming yeah, together, James. Yeah, it's it's kind of all cool, coming man. together. My heart's starting to beat. My heart's starting to beat fast. Don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. So before we transition here, let me just ask you guys, because this is um, this, this could be a very impactful play that I made here. DeAndre Ayton to be finals MVP. What do you think the odds of that are? Yeah. Out of like, like out of how many times if you simulated from where we're at now to the finals, how many times does it happen? So little times. Like few? Like, like so few times. <laughs> at the, at, so at the beginning of the playoffs, I put... Three dollars. It just on didn't, DeAndre Eaton. It just didn't even so- say it again because it just didn't even sound right. Like so. What little- chances DeAndre Eaton ever wins a Finals MVP? Is there a path? <laughs> Can you envision a path that DeAndre Eaton wins in this final playoffs? You said- in this playoffs. <laughs> yes, injuries on that team, and they somehow still win the finals. He said, he said how many times does it happen? If I simulate, <laughs> I want to hear the hold. On, I want to hear the bets. What, what was it? So it was at the beginning of the playoffs. I think it was actually after the first game. Aiton had an impressive performance against AD, and uh, I looked, and he was 250 to 1. So I bet $3, I win $750. Yeah, I was going to say like 1 in 600, so I think he got screwed up. And here's the thing. (laughs) The amount of things that have to happen for DeAndre Aiton to win finals MVP, there's no way way the Suns win the championship if all those things have to happen. Three yeah. different people got to get hurt, and if, if one person gets hurt, it, it derails it. Like I, he can't, it can't even exist. So here's like let like let's go through just quickly this horror scenario. You tell me he does or doesn't win it. They make it to the finals mm. against the Philadelphia 76ers. Okay, it has to be. He needs it to goes seven games. He's like the high scorer in three of them. Right, Chris it's a Paul game gets like hurt game four. Wait, wait. Come on, man. Embiid has a bad series. Embiid has a bad series because of Aiton's defense. And Aiton averages like 22, 12, and like 1.5 blocks. That's not enough. And, and like, it, obviously, you don't know like what the other guys, like 
do. Mm-hmm. I would assume that they would love to give it to Chris Paul if Phoenix would. I haven't thing. heard. I, I haven't Chris heard. It, I haven't heard an injury yet. Like it's like an injury has so to happen. So far, someone yeah, so then it's just. <laughs> You, you, you guys think it was a donation then? <laughs> yeah, you might want to cash out that ticket anytime. That's, hey, that's, that's a tax expense, man. You got to write that one off. <laughs> <laughs> you got you to gotta get that one back next Let year. Let the IRS handle yeah, that Yeah, you got to get that one back next year in March because... That, All right, well, I got a little, a little better question. Go ahead. <laughs> Though I did enjoy that, Jake. Uh, which one of these teams down 0-2 is better set up, more likely to make this comeback? It's not anybody but the Bucks. <laughs> I know there's only two options, but it's not... It's not the Bucks. Like I would it, go neither because I agree with you, and it's just not going to happen. It's, it's the Bucks. So. It's by default the the Nuggets. Like I think I think both teams, if they were going to get a game, I, I don't think the Suns. Like I still don't know if the Suns beat the Nuggets in six. But if there or in five, I mean. But if there was a game the Bucks get, it's it's game three. It's this next one in Milwaukee, back against the rope, avoiding not to get swept. Because to be honest, once you go down two one, hope comes back. You're only down a game. You're, you're one mm-hmm. more win from tying the series. So you you got to start to chip away at that lead before it gets out of hand. And that's the game. But we were talking about it right before the show, too. Like, hy- hypotheticals are cute. But you still got to go out and try to beat the same team that you're literally getting your ass handed to you by. Yeah. I think, I mean, so both teams are going back home down too well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Nuggets and the Bucks. I think the Bucks have a better shot because I think this series could be 2-2. I, I don't see the Nuggets taking two off of the Suns, like at all. Mm-hmm. Not that I think the Bucks will take two off the Nets at home, but I think just off the sheer fact that this team can make it 2-2, in my eyes, with a way better shot, I think it's going to be the Bucks. If anyone, I think they both lose the series, though. They could both be sweeps. Like, I'm dead ass. They could both really be sweeps. And, and we'll see. Like, this is going to... We're going to see how well this ages because the Bucks and Nets play game three when we're recording about, like, an, a couple hours from now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we don't know the results of that game yet. But I, I would say there's a better chance of both series being sweeps than either team making a comeback to win the series. I would agree with that. Interesting. Interesting. I would agree with that. I'm going back to the fact straight at you, man. It hasn't happened since 08 in the second round, and only twice in the entire century. That's wild. Like, so yeah, it, it don't happen. Yeah. And 04 Lakers. I mean, there was there was a killer on the 04 Lakers. <laughs> yeah. So I don't I don't see anybody named Kobe Bryant or anyone like him walking around left. Maybe Devin Booker's like him, but he's up too well. So we'll move away from those two series because those you know we got two other series going down not down 2-0 one series is tied 1-1 that's all sixers against the atlanta hawks going back to atlanta for game three and then the jazz up 1-0 against the clippers that game is also tonight so tomorrow morning when this drops we'll know the results but we won't know it tonight so for the sixers hawks series and then the jazz clippers series i'll just pose overall questions for the sixers hawks and i'm per- and i want to know from y'all personally, Kyle, you got the <clears throat> the Sixers hat on right there, so you repping. It got shaky, baby, in game one. You guys got game two, but are you still confident going to Atlanta? And y'all been cocky about this series even before it started. Neither of y'all were 100%. worried. And then Trey Young came no. in and took y'all lunch money. Who were you were what you were trying I to I was the Kyle one who did. said Atlanta worries me more. Atla- Kyle was said Kyle said yeah. I'm not worried <laughs> at, at all. It's ridiculous. At all. Ridiculous. I'm not worried at all. I no. said Atlanta actually is a path to victory where the Knicks don't. You, I definitely would not want to face it. You, you, yeah, you did, but you ranked them. You didn't say you were worried. You said I'm more worried than the Knicks. Because the Knicks obviously don't worry a soul. 
but you said oh, I'm more worried about the Hawks. That don't mean overall the series worried you. you I said they had a path that they could win. Now it could mean that they could win every game, or they could lose every game, which I thought they would lose probably every, <laughs> every game. game. I, did. I thought they probably would. <laughs> all right, all right, whatever. Like I thought they'd lose every game, but. If they're going to shoot like they did in game one, if the Sixers are going to handle the ball poorly like they did in the first half, it's going to make it tough against Atlanta, but they made some adjustments, so I'm I'm, nine, I'm pretty positive. Nine turnovers in the first quarter in game one, and a lot of them was from your stars who aren't supposed to turn the ball over. Game two was, was a roller coaster of emotions. Fly out the gate, then that second quarter, there, there seems to just, y'all, y'all just pull a hammy in the second quarter because it slows up crazy, and then it was a two-point game at halftime. So I know you were worried a little bit there, Kyle, but you're still not worried at all in the, the series not at all. all in this series. I am not. I'm sorry. Trey Young would have had to done what he did in game one every game. He's not going to. We have him figured out now. Danny Green is not going to defend him one more time in this series. I'm sitting in my seat game one. I was at the game. <laughs> and I'm just, why is Danny Green? Why, why is he defending him? And then it was the next possession. I'm, is anyone watching this game like <laughs> I am right now? Like, Doc Rivers, I respect you, but why is Danny Green on Trey Young every single time down the court? I have a theory. And then you finally switch that, and he goes 6 for 16, and Kevin Herter looks the most impressive on the Hawks. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm not worried about this team. If they take a game off of us in Atlanta, sure, that's fine. I have no doubts the series won't be any worse than 2-2 for the Sixers coming back to Philly, and we're going to beat them in six if that happens. So I'm not worried about this at all. I think you have advantages down the chart. I mean, and... and Shake Milton's gonna play now. Tyrese Maxey, sorry, Man, goodbye shake. for your minutes. You might play like six minutes a game now. That's fine. Hopefully, it eats up more into George Hill's minutes. But you know, that's just me being a Maxey oh, fan. No, Furcon, that's the minutes y'all need to get. Free. No, Furcon buckets, bro. Furcon gets buckets. I was big in the comeback game. One. I'm not even worried about the bench team anymore, like I was now. And I know it's one shake game, but our bench is outperforming their bench now. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean. DeAndre Hunter is now out. I mean, you don't root for injuries, but it happens. We have to assess that. DeAndre Hunter, arguably the second best player on that team statistically, is out for the remainder of the playoffs. So I'm not worried about this team, man. I'm not. I've been saying it since we got to the playoffs. We got lucky that the 4-5 matchup was Knicks Hawks and see in the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, I, I have a I'm theory. that confident. I have a theory. That's wild. That you're you, you, you will have still the same amount of wins they do in the series. Like, it's it's... Y'all lose. That's cool. Y'all, y'all lose tomorrow night, and it gets real scary. But I, I've been saying the same thing for three weeks now about these playoffs. Totally See you in the Eastern Conference Finals, and let's hoop. That's the hill. That's the hill you're gonna die on. You live by it, die by it. But no, sir. I have a I have a theory as to why Danny Green stayed on to Trey Young for that long. At first, I actually think Doc said, "You know what? I'm gonna respect Danny Green as." You know, a, a respected defender in this league. He's going to get the first shot at Trey Young to see what he's got. It very quickly was the wrong decision. Doc is a little bit stubborn and was like, one, I'm going to give him a chance to, to try to get it together. But two, no, I know this is the right decision. And it got really ugly really quick. Doc also knows this is a marathon, not a sprint. So just like you said, Kyle, you got to do that for every game. And what someone like Trey Young doesn't know, a guy who's in his first playoff series, the bright lights are on him, he just took down New York, he's soaking it all in. You don't know not to lead or give all you got in game one. Show your entire arsenal in game one. And they almost roped it, rope-a-doped him. Like they say, keep keep getting them buckets, Trey. It's a blowout. And y'all have been starting to make a comeback. It's a blowout. Give, give, us, give us as many buckets as you can. Show us the whole package. Because now in games two, 
three, four, five, six, seven, however many long. We have tape on you now. And now here comes Matisse or Ben to quiet that noise. So, like, I think Trey Young might have given everything that he had in that game one performance. Rightly so. He hooped. But not, now when you got nothing else to go to in your bag, and we've we done seen it all now. So now that's why Kevin Herter or Bogey looks good. And yeah, it's Herders look good in both games. Bogey looked good, but what a what a luxury it is to have both Ben Simmons and Matisse Thibel on the defensive end. Like Ben Simmons yes, shadowed Trey Young, then Trey Young has his off shooting night. And Ben Simmons will always draw the assignment of the other team's, you know, primary offensive score. But what I see Doc do is use Matisse Thibel in this like quiet that noise kind of uh kind of role where if someone gets hot on the other team, if a role player gets hot, Tease. Go in there and stop that. But Bogdan Bogdanovich had this run in the in late first quarter, early second quarter, where he was starting to hoop. Then Matisse Stiebel went on him, and I didn't hear about that man for the rest of the night. Like it really, it really quieted after that. And it's it's kind of baller. Like it's kind of G where Matisse just goes just and puts out the fire wherever it is. And they also have the ability, like it's like if Ben and Matisse are out there, and it's like okay, we know where the, their main action is. Uh, they're going to do a pick and roll. They're going to bring Collins up. So we put Matisse on uh, Trey, and then we put Ben on Collins. So then when, when oh, you want the switch? Okay, now you got Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, <laughs> you just won yourself Ben Simmons. So like, the Benitentiary. <laughs> the Benitentiary. I, like I do that. think it's a great point also on the other side of like the adjustment factor where you don't want to show what, like, like Doc kind of thought game one was in the can. Come halftime, it's like, all right, you know, we... We're down 20-something. We'll get them next time. You don't want to show the adjustment mm-hmm. for game two. So now game three is going to be all about how can we get, if you're Atlanta, how can we get Trey back on to Danny Green when he's on the floor? And that's kind of the chess match that you're going to see, in my opinion. That's the chess match that you're going to see. And then what for I, Philly. What I fear, do you remember when Toronto hunted J.J. Redick in those pick and rolls? Every time J.J. Redick was Austin on the floor. Austin did it too. <sighs> I mean, it's that, but that's what the playoffs is. It is. Oh, we found a. Oh, here's here's our counter. Oh, you can't answer. We're oh, going. We're we are smashing that button until you stop it. Until you literally do it, and until you stop it. <laughs> like what? And and for that reason, I think the Sixers have way more answers in terms of what we can do versus what the Hawks mm-hmm, can do. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, that that's just why I'm not super worried. Now, again, there's always that possibility. That Atlanta, the phenomenal three-point shooting team, can just go out there and blow you out of the water. Yeah. There are nights like that, but Sixers hopefully should have the means to stop that. Well, here's here's why I think the Sixers got it back under control. Even though you guys still have to take home court back, and I think when you take home court back, it's back to to your series, you know, as a whole. But the Hawks were it was momentum after beating the Knicks, and Trey Young was riding a whole lot of momentum, and he carried it into Game One. He came right off a series. You guys had a little bit of rest. You guys had to get their engines revving a little bit. And all you needed to do was throw something at him that either made him pause or go off course. Just stop the momentum. Because as soon as you stop the momentum and now it's ball team against ball team, there's way more talent on the Sixers than there is on the Hawks. The Hawks get hot and they will ride a hot streak and it will be hard to stop them if they're if they're hooping and have that mentality. As soon as you get it back down to earth and now it's even playing field, way too much talent on the Sixers for this to... To, to still continue to be a series. And I think y'all y'all got it back on track. And by the way, Embiid went for 40 in game two. A light one. After after the day Jokic gets announced for MVP, a light 40 and a dub. Yeah. And another reason I'm really not worried about Trey Young is he's not that efficient. 
for the amount one of shots. One for seven from up. three in game two. He's one shooting like thirty. Didn't hit it until like the he's, late third quarter too. Yeah, and he's shooting like thirty percent from three in these entire playoffs, even with all those thirty-point games against the Knicks. So if that's your offense, and we have two guys that can, you know, limit him more than any other team, you know, has two guys in the entire league, which I believe Ben Simmons and Matisse Thybulle to be on perimeter defenders. Um, I'm not worried about you. You can have your ah, tonight. When you stop his drive, tonight. when you don't let him get into the lane, he becomes a much more one-dimensional player. Like I said, in the beginning of the series, I'm like, you got to hope, you got to pray he hits one of those like 35-footers early mm-hmm. in the game because he'll take them all game and he'll go one for seven, which I know right. it's not exactly how it worked right. out. He hit it later in the game. But like, I know if you could stop him from driving, that's key. Right. Speaking of one-dimensional players, Paul George is in the next series that we're going to talk about. That's just how I'm going to. Oh, that's just how I'm going to say. That's crazy. That's just, one dimension is state. <laughs> yeah, that's that's, that's just how. That, I just needed a, a way to get us to the next series, and that that was the, the easiest bridge to cross right there. Pandemic. You go barefoot there too. Yeah, one dimension. There, there we go. Pandemic P is back. The Jazz lead the Clippers. Lead the Clippers. One zero in their series, and straight up for for the Clippers is is game two a must win. Because you you let the last series with the Mavericks get out of hand, and you kind of got got by by the scrape of your teeth on a Kawhi super game in Game Seven, and you're at risk of letting this one do the exact same thing. So it's Game Two a must win. Yes, yes, because of the, all of the reasons that we laid out, talking about the Bucks, talking about Denver, the reason they're going to have a tough time clawing back, it applies with the Jazz too. Uh, if, if, you're, if the Clippers are going up against an up 2-0 Jazz team, uh, you're going to really struggle, and it's not going to be the walk in the park that Dallas was because they're a very defensively sound team. And again, they're, they're another team where it's like there isn't really one hole you plug like Atlanta, and it's like, okay, we, we kind of handled mm-hmm. it here. They have a lot of guys that can hurt you, and I mean, they, they're going to be in trouble if they go down 0-2, for sure. You know why it's a must-win? <clears throat> You have to take any extra home court advantage that you have if you're the Lakers. You don't have a home to go to. It's or I mean the Clippers. You don't have Clippers. yeah, Clippers. You don't have a home to go to. It's not a it's not a Clipper town in LA. It's a Laker town. The stars don't come out when you come back home down 0-2. The arena isn't packed. It don't even it's the offseason for them. The, the Staples Center don't even look right when it's when it's not gold and purple. It looks like Taylor Swift's in town. It's just random colors in there. Like it's <laughs> so so there there all these other teams down 0-2. When we especially when we talked about the 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 Nuggets and the Bucks, oh they're going back home. They're going back to their home court. There's a big home court advantage of their fans. I don't know any I don't know anyone breaking down the doors to get into a Clippers game. And they're we talked about it all year. They were like a good team, an efficient team, the best three-point shooting team in the league, low-key, in the regular season. They weren't fun to watch. No one wanted to watch a Clippers game. Like, it was just Monday, it was just mundane boy, and they just got the job done. So, there, there's none of that hypeness to fall back on if you're the Clippers. Like, you need to steal a game in Utah. Like, you need to give yourself extra home court advantage. I actually, I don't agree with you guys, personally. I don't think it's a must-win. Obviously, winning any game in the playoffs helps. But I don't think it's a must-win. And the reason is, I only saw one player on the Clippers have a good game in game one. Luke Kennard. <laughs> Not even like, but he had a good game. Right. Luke Kennard had a good game. Okay. And I saw Donovan Mitchell drop a 45 ball on your head. And they won by three. And you had a shot to tie it up and send it to overtime. I mean, and these two are, shots, technically. These are the reasons but that I, I like, don't, the Clippers are cool. Like, they, they, they I, well, we just saw him go down 0-2 against um, the Mavericks. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter. 
and they had home court advantage in that series. I mean, I know you're talking about their home court isn't whatever. It's the NBA playoffs. It matters a little bit. Whether it only matters just because you're familiar with what the stadium looks like, it matters at least that much. I mean, I, I think I'm not worried. I mean, I, I'm biased. I picked the Clippers to make the finals, and I still believe in that. <laughs> but um, no, I, I, I saw one guy had a good game. Paul George shot, what, four for 17. Kawhi, not an off night, but only had 23 points. We know what he normally does in the playoffs. I'm not too concerned about the Clippers right now, to be honest. I mean, don't, don't, I, I, don't talk to me about Paul George no more. Don't don't yeah. don't don't talk to me about a Paul George in the playoffs anymore. Yeah, had a great first series. Though. We're we're talking one game, man. He'll just, he'll be fun against no like the Dallas Mavericks defense. I'm pretty sure they were one of the teams that was like, um, I'm off him. Maybe or no, it was it was it was offense. they were setting the offensive rating record. But I think that they were. I mean, on defense, I believe they were awful this year too. So I'm, I, I'm I don't off know. him. I'm off. I'm off. I'm off. Pandemic P. I That's mean, you fair. have you I'm have to be. But here's the only thing I'll say. Kyle's kind of like a counterpoint. The Jazz went 0 for 20, had an 0 for 20 stretch, and won the game. Yeah, no, Matt. But I st- the Clippers played bad, dude. I yeah, mean, they, yeah, that let him, that let the Clippers back into the game. But I'm, I'm, I see that. Obviously, yeah, that's. I mean, maybe it wouldn't have been a three point final, right? That's the point you're trying to make. So, I get that. But one, the only thing I'll say is Conley didn't play in game one. Um, not sure about his health. That could be concerning. Game two. Yes, but say he does come right. Oh, they're down two. I'll say he does come back later. Sure, that that would concern me a little more, and you can't glance over that because he's kind of been their second best player, um, yeah. at least to this podcast. Because we're not huge Rudy Gobert fans, so um, I, I mean, I'm not worried about it. I, I think the Clippers honestly do take game two, anyways. Especially if you just say Conley's not playing. But if they are down 0-2, what I will say is I'm not worried as much for them as I am about our first segment we talked about with the Nuggets and the Bucks. So. Yeah. That's fair. I think I agree. Who's I agree. who's number two for the Clippers? Because at this point, it looks like it's got to be Reggie Jackson. It's Paul George. What are you talking about? At this point, wow. to, it's not Kyle. It's not. I mean, it's got to be. Maybe, maybe on the chart, yeah, right is. on the depth chart, maybe. But who's actually going to be, you know, Kawhi? Like you get Sever. Luke Kennard. Luke Kennard is like your your go to. Like, six, dang, we paid sixty yeah, M's. You paid sixty M's for him. You got he got to be for sixty M's. Shit. You overpay for something. You use the shit out of it to make yourself feel better. That's what it, that's what it okay. is. He had Paul George did not have a bad first series though, and I mean, that's, one can argue it's that round one. Now, now you one don't beat of, the Mavericks without him. Now, I, I think Paul George one bad game. I agree, had a horrible game, and even Game Seven um, against the Mavs, he didn't play great. I think he shot like thirty five percent or something. Nothing great. He's finally but warmed I, up. I still think time. Paul George is fine. Kyle, if he does, Kyle, if he looks like that in Game Two, I. You get, not, right, we're about to get off and go watch well, his games. Right. And, if he is the side of the backboard, again, like he, I'm, he can't do it. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Like I'm fair with can't, that. Can't do it. Oh my goodness. All right. So so real quick, since we didn't we didn't get that too in depth into this series, pick pick a team who wins and in how many games? Jazz or Clippers? And what? Jake, go ahead. I'm gonna go Jazz in six. Seems like a pretty standard score. I think that maybe the Clippers even it up tonight, but overall. Um, especially once they get Mike Conley back, they're just they're just a better team. I mean, that's what it comes down to. You you run the repetitions, you, you attack the weaknesses, and you know it, it bears out that the Jazz are the better team. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna take the. Do it. Go ahead. This do it. Tough. Go ahead. Do it. He wants. This is to tough because my game number shifts depending on what happens in the next game. But if I had to pick one number, I'd play the safer side and say Clippers in seven. Um, but I do fully think if this series goes to one one. The Clippers probably take two off them in LA. 
Jazz win the next one, Clippers win it in six. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they are the better team. I've been calling the Jazz the pretenders all year. And I've seen these regular seasons. It's literally been the story of the 2010s. And I know it's 2020s now, but a regular season team, top of the league, happening with the Raptors. I say it all the time, happening with the Raptors, happening with the Bucks after that. And now it's happening with the Jazz. Truthfully, they're not built to win a championship. And I don't think they're built to even get to the Western Conference Finals mm. against the Clippers team they're facing. Did it happen with Golden State, Miami, and Cleveland? Right, right, right. right. Golden State is the exception to the rule, but even on the other side, there was a team in the Eastern Conference every year with the Raptors getting the one seed and the Hawks in like 2015. Yeah. I mean, there's teams like this all, all, those, all those teams. I won't, lost, I won't nip All those teams lost to LeBron, though. <laughs> all those teams lost to one man. Can't really, Fair enough. Can't the Warriors lost to Kawhi. Yeah, yeah, be, and LeBron. And LeBron. <laughs> and LeBron. Well, they only beat one of them. Um, so I will go. It's funny, by the way, that. You're picking the Clippers because one, you're a huge Donovan Mitchell stand. You have him what four in your top five hundred twenty-five. By the way, everyone listening, this go go check that. Yeah, out. go check out that new Kyle Kyle Big Board top five hundred twenty-five on YouTube. That's live right now, smooth video. But you have Donovan Mitchell what four there? So four, yes. But you have but you have them one losing. You call them pretenders, and they're not built to win a championship. But Donovan hey, Mitchell bro, is that Terry, guy. If Terry Rozier himself played for the Utah Jazz, I would have the Clippers <laughs> beating him. I mean, come on. No, no. Well, I actually, I, I need y'all to answer this question because me, me and my man Rich talk about this all the time. Is Donovan Mitchell? When you talk about guys who are like that, who are it factors, who got it. Next up, he gets a D Wade comp. Is he like that? Because I don't see it. He is. I don't see it. I think he is because the level and we've I, seen him play at I, in the playoffs. I knew he was going to go for, game, for 40 in game one. I, knew, I was like, he's probably going to go for 40 tonight, and he's not. And it's not even just this game. Like His that. playoff career high is like 57 last year against Denver. I mean, the level we've seen see him play it. at in the playoffs shows me he's like that, and he's like, what, 24 years old? I think you gotta you got to give it to him just because he's been that guy. Like, he's been the guy for them. Two straight playoffs, and then you look around like, very consistent, like, consistently too. He's better than like a, a guy like Trey Young is somewhat similar. He could put up forty, but he's just you know very minimal impact. Like it's the That's least what I'm impactful saying. forty. That's what I'm saying. You can't I be think like Donovan that, Mitchell. Like that. You can't be like that. I though. mean, really, really comes down to how how hard does he play on defense? Because he's an offensive juggernaut. Can like like that's what when you talk about is he like that? Like in the playoffs, it comes down to playing both ends and being able to. The guy who you're guarding, let it, disallow him from scoring as many points as you score. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I mean, that's kind of a goal of basketball, but especially in the playoffs. So, eh, like, he's not Donovan, Zach Levine. He's better than Zach Levine. Like, Zach Donovan Levine don't. Mitchell, career playoff points per game, 28. He's like that. I mean, I very efficiently, too. I think he, what does it say? 44%? I, you got to give it to him. I think you got to give it to him. I yeah. see it. Yeah. I don't see it. Jazz. I think with that like being that. said, Jazz is six, but I don't. <laughs> but I, but I don't see it. All right, man. I think it's time for the count. I don't know what you guys don't see. I just, those, I just, Clippers, I just, man, nothing against him. And it's funny because, like, like I said, right before game one, or I, I think it was like midway through for, through the first quarter, he started hooping. I was like, hey, he's probably gonna go for forty. Like, like I can see where the game is going. I can see he's about to hoop. Nah, I just don't see it though. Here's why, and we said it. I think. Before the playoffs, for me, when the playoffs started, they just don't fuck with each other. They don't. You could see it. 
that, that's not a team that is like together till the end. They, they were tied. They rolled their eyes at Paul George last year when this man was shooting up bricks and trying to fire up the locker room because you got Mr. Mime Kawhi in the corner not saying shit, putting up for I bet you. Kawhi is one of the fucking fiercest competitors in the league. For sure. For sure. For sure. No, no, I'm talking about yeah. team camaraderie. That's all, I don't, they could be dogs. I get it. I'm talking about team camaraderie. I, I bet if you looked at the group chat on one of their phones, it's all about the unsaved numbers. Unsaved numbers and it's <laughs> dry. <laughs> No one, Kawhi is the only Kawhi is the only one that's saved in the whole group chat. Everybody got Kawhi's number. Whoa, that's funny. Well, we'll figure out tonight. Game two is tonight. Hopefully, when you guys are hearing this, uh, the Clippers won, and I'm right. Besides, <laughs> or instead of these two, right? But uh, let's get into the countdown. How do we do it? Let's go. Let's, go. Uh, let's start with number five. The number of years on Dak's newly signed Jordan contract. Dak Prescott becomes the newest, not only the newest member of the Jordan brand for the football. For the football world but the highest paid jordan brand football athlete he joins guys like michael thomas um and and guys like that repping jordan brand but the question i got <laughs> is how you get hurt and have the best offseason of your life how you get, his life. how you get hurt and rack up over 200 mil in the offseason what Sma someone smash my acl right now if that's what it takes like that came monetarily up monetarily speaking very like, good offseason yeah that is a crazy both deals that he signed are insane are insane like i think the money he got paid to play quarterbacks a little too high but i get why you do that if you, there's a guy who can be a franchise quarterback you take the risk especially if you're jerry jones and you know well, why, been there for a while what, to, say, to say the least right but the cowboys i get because they saw like damn we really do suck without him and he was hooping through week five before yeah. before he got hurt like do we really do suck without that for jordan the jordan deal, where would that come from i don't i don't know and this is the thing that's funny to me what, what about dak prescott makes him this marketable 70 mil like, is that what the, 70 mil is that what because he's the Dallas Cowboys quarterback, I would have to say play the Tony Romo wasn't marketable. I mean, <laughs> I haven't seen I Dak. In, I've, seen, so I've seen Dak in a Sleep Number commercial. That's it. That's all the commercials I've seen Dak in. I don't see Dak. Nah, he was in one other. He, he, was, he was in a couple. He in a couple. He's in a couple. Look, I haven't yeah. seen him. I haven't. I, I see him in the Campbell's commercial. All right. Okay. I don't know. Cool. Shout out him though. Getting your Shout money. Out, yeah, yeah, I mean, get to the bag, King. Get to the bag. Especially like in an endorsement, you don't even got to really prove nothing. Like you just that's where you up that's work. where you make because it's not like incentive. Make a commercial, yeah. make commercial. Maybe you get your own signature shoe, and that's guaranteed uh, I mean, money. You can you can tell your ACL, and Campbell still send you check in the mail. Yes, sir. All right, let's go to number four. The number of play. This one actually does make me feel a little bit better about Rudy Gobert. The number of players to win three or more Defensive Player of the Year awards. Those players being Gobert this year, Dwight Howard, uh, Ben Wallace, and Dikembe Mutombo. You look down this list of guys who win it a bunch of times. They're all one-dimensional Rudy one Gobert type centers. I mean, yeah, it's a, like I guess that's just who the award goes to. It's a shame. Here's the thing: what I don't think we're, maybe not Ben Wallace though. Wallace maybe not one-dimensional, but Ben Wallace was. A, I wasn't relying on Ben Wallace. Dwight Wallace. Dwight was probably the best out of all these guys. Yeah, Dwight, let's not call yeah, Dwight yeah. Howard one-dimensional. One, we were all tripping for that. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's why I don't yeah. want to outlier about Dwight Howard. But here's here's the thing about Rudy Gobert. And, and about being defensive player of the year. Like, one, one, I don't think he's the best defender in the league. I do think Ben Simmons should have won it just for his versatility. Like, he can literally guard one through four at an elite level. But it is the defensive player of the year. Like, yeah, Rudy Gobert is a bad basketball player overall. But he's like a great... <laughs> 
Like he's a great <laughs> reference. Every no, we can be honest here. Matt would kill us if you was here. Oh, no, his face. We can be honest. We we such a casual hot take. We could be we we, we keep a spade a spade. Oh, Rudy Gobert don't bring much overall in the basketball court. <laughs> <laughs> but he is but he, but he is a very elite defender it is he hunkers down in one facet of the game and shit he does it pretty good so like i i would never want i, I wouldn't want rudy gobert on my team because he's not all around but i, I i'm not shocked that he, he won defensive player of the year again and we're, we're all very slanted we live a stone's throw away from philly so we see all the extra analytics about how good Ben Simmons is. There's probably just as many of those for Rudy Gobert floating around Salt Lake City to prove why he's Defensive Player of the Year. We just can't see him because I watched Jaleel Okafor put him under the rim one time, and I stopped believing after that. They got Twitter over there? Yeah, I get, it's, all <laughs> like, it's all like City. Probably not, man. <laughs> probably not in Utah, man. All right, let's go to, let's go to, let's go to number three. Uh, that's funny. So number three, the number of times Chris Paul has posted 15 points, 15 assists with zero turnovers in the playoffs. In game one, he had 17 points, 15 assists, and zero turnovers. And, like, here's what's funny. Here's what's freaking hilarious, y'all. It's cool to be a Chris Paul fan now. It's, it's like, the popular thing to give Chris Paul his flowers now. And welcome aboard the bandwagon. Because this ain't new. We've been doing this. But there was four or five years ago, it wasn't popular to be a Chris Paul fan. Like, like... I got a lot of rocks throwing at me for, for being a Chris Paul stan. You're a Chris Paul guy. Why are you a Chris Paul guy? He gets hurt all the time. He flops all the time. Now we're starting to see the impact that I've seen since 2005. So welcome, everybody. But I just think it's funny that it's cool to be a Chris Paul fan now. Uh, interesting stat to go along with this. I believe it was since Chris Paul has been active, or, or maybe it's out of all active players throughout their entire career. Chris Paul has done 15 assists, zero turnovers, 11 times. The combination of every single other NBA player in their act, like active in their career, is 11 times. Point God. That's pretty damn That's impressive. Point God shit. That is impressive. God shit. I didn't. I thought that'd be done a little more. No, that's crazy. Zero turnovers. 15 assists. That means you're passing the ball a lot. If it's bound to get swiped right. one time. <laughs> yeah, that's facts. All right, let's move on to, what are we at, number two? The number of times the Phillies have walked off in the past 24 hours. Luke Williams putting one deep last night, and Gene Segura, I actually turned this game off. I thought the Phillies were going to blow it uh, after the home run in the ninth, but uh, Gene Segura walked off this afternoon with a single. You guys are good, because I missed last night. Uh, I went to bed too early. Mm. What is the deal with like Luke Williams? So what, he's been like Twitter darling for for Philly. Here's here's the quick synopsis that I got. Kyle, correct me if I'm wrong. I might have some of the details wrong if you know him. I believe a couple of nights ago was his first MLB game, first MLB at bat. I don't know. I can't remember if he got a hit or not, but it was his first game. And then yes, or last night was his first home run, his first RBI, and of course his first walk off. And this is a guy who's been in the Phillies farm system since like 2015. I just found out. I'm thinking he's he, older than. Yeah, I'm thinking this is a a newer draft pick. This is a guy who's you know paid his dues in the minors, finally got a shot, and made the most of it. And you know it just was like a, a really cool story. Apparently, his you know his family was in attendance, his first big league game, and a walk off through on home run in your in your second big league game for your first big league home run in RBI. Like that's that's special, man. That's crazy. Luke Williams for MVP. I thought it. I guess it was his first start. I thought it was actually his first game yesterday. I thought um, he might have like pinch ran or something. 
I saw yeah, that could be. I, he might have had. I think he might have had a pinch yeah, hit. Probably. I, saw I think he, he had like one at bat. Yeah, I thought he appeared the yeah. day before. Um, but yeah, but that was seen. that was fun to watch. Um, and I was looking at today's box score. I was like, did they really not start Luke Williams? But I couldn't read. Mm-hmm. He started. I was like, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's dope. Gene Segura today. I guess they were down three-one today in the tenth. And they scored three runs in the bottom of the tenth or something. Ooh, don't look now, Phillies are hot, man. And then they won. Don't look yeah. now. So that's dope. Luke Williams also hitting a walk off down one nothing in the ninth inning. Yeah, makes it a little more impressive. You like to see that, but Clutch. yeah. All right, let's go number one. The number of lower seeded teams who have won a playoff series in this year's NBA playoffs. That's the Hawks over the Knicks, uh, five over four. So it's been chalk, all chalk in this year's NBA playoffs, and one for one for eight. I mean, that's not the NCAA tournament. That, that's what the NBA wants. That's, what it's, that's what's supposed to happen. And it's funny because we're so quick to jump on every time a lower seed wins game one. And like, oh, my God, this team's going to blow it. And then most of the time, those be the gentleman sweep games or the gentleman sweep series because the lower team jumped out and got game one. And then and now they're mad. And now, right? Yeah, and now, now you're going to whoop the bear. <laughs> now you're going to whoop the bear. That's funny. Yeah. But yeah. Um, So Clippers are going to uh, make it two, right? You got Clippers in seven. That's, you can, Against the Jazz, you go ahead. Clippers are gonna make it through. You go ahead and stick with Pandemic P over there. Right? Yeah, I'm, I'm out on Pandemic, Pandemic P. P didn't get his it. vaccine. <laughs> I wish you the best. Oh <laughs> lord, oh lord. We're almost out of time for this episode of Straight Facts. Always, who can get the shots up at the buzzer? Who's got a shot to put up at the buzzer? Who wants it? So, just really quick, I had I went out to lunch with my dad and a couple of his friends to learn a little bit more about uh, different industry like coding, computer science. I was thinking about going into it, just wanted to learn a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And the one dude, I noticed he has an accent. I, I asked him where he's from and he said he is initially from Cameroon and we were watching the game one of the Sixers versus Hawks. And I'm like, oh yeah, just like I point to the TV. I'm like, oh, just like I'm beating. He's like, oh yeah, we actually play basketball together. I'm like, what, what do you mean? Like you played against yeah. him? He's like, nah, he was on my team for the like Luke, uh, Luke Mbamute like basketball yeah, the, camp, yeah. like, you're crazy. on the same squad or whatever drill they did, whatever tournament they ran through. So he's like, yeah, he's like, you know, like played a little bit of basketball. Um, he's like, I got some scholarship offers, but my dad wanted me to get a degree. And, and my dad's like, oh, well, you know, wh- where did you get offers from? No. <laughs> this man has the gall to look us in the face and say University of Virginia. <laughs> I was like, hey, here's the what do you mean like, like Virginia the college? Like, like one that... The one that won the championship yeah. years ago. And if you wanted to get a degree, um, Virginia's a pretty good school to get a degree <laughs> from. <laughs> you get a degree there. I, when, I, when I came, he was sitting down. But when we got up, I was like, oh, I, I see why Virginia won. He's like 6'6", huge. But I, like, honestly, bro, computer science, he's like the boss of wherever they work. My man's, he probably makes a pretty good living is all I'll leave it at. He might not be an NBA player. He's still made out pretty well in terms of salary. That's all I'll say. Yeah, hey, man. It was funny. He's though. still doing well. Kyle, you got a shot to put up with the buzzer? I don't got much. Um, keep coming in this but... thing dry. <laughs> no, what, I've had stuff to say like multiple times recently. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing I got to say today is shout out that we pushed back the podcast today because I had a meeting tonight um, and I got out of it. It wasn't like a, like it was one of those things you can get out of right. if you have like a valid excuse. Welcome to the so ballot. This was excuse. definitely a better meeting. <laughs> this was definitely a better. Uh, I guess we do it on Zencast or not right. Zoom, but this was definitely a better Zoom meeting. Hey man, you know, you know, we're here to help the team. Anyway, anyway, we can help you out. That's a quick assist for for us right there. Glad, yeah, glad we can help you out. Um, my shout out to Basil. Actually, oh, wait, wait, and shout out. Hold up, shout out to my cousin for graduating. 
There you go. Went to the grad party. Uh, college, high school? High school. There you go. Uh, congrats. Where are you going? He got plans after high school? Uh, Temple, I believe. Ooh, Ooh, to you, baby. All right, all right. Great choice. Let's go. All right, over there, man. Cut it out of the great state schools. If he wants to travel right down 76 and 202, I can show him we're going to. Um, but no, congratulations to him, man. Temple is a great school. Um, all I got to say at the buzzer is I actually wanted to shout out the Phillies before, you know, we got to them in the countdown a little bit. Because um, obviously I have Luke Williams for MVP on the board here. I want to give the big shout out to Luke Williams again. But I don't want to miss, um, you know, something that, that gets lost in this fold. And that's Zach Wheeler being an absolute, like, beast is an understatement. Again today, he got a no decision today, by the way, in the walk-off. But again Terrible. today, eight innings. Four hits, no earned, 14 Ks. And and that's just, Jeez. that is just routine for my man Wheels now. And in a year where Aaron Nola is struggling, Zach Wheeler is a godsend to the Phillies. I need every Phillies fan to know that, that without Zach Wheeler, this season looks a hell of a lot different. He's won us and kept us in a lot of games. He goes deep into every, every game, double digit strikeouts with single digit hits. I mean, he's just, he's a beast, man. And and he did it again today. Sucks he didn't get the decision. You want to know what's scary? Imagine if the Phillies didn't sign him and he, he re-signs in Mets. New York. Him and DeGrom. Uh, that's sickening. That's sick. So Marcus Stroman's even kind of pitching well for them. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Stroman running out as your three is scary. Ooh, that would be that would be really scary. But uh well, that's all we have for this episode of Straight Facts. It was a going ran a little bit long, but this I I'm never mad at great discussion when it runs a little bit long. Uh shout out to my guys Jake Gall and Kyle Sirik. As always, I'm your guy James Jackson. These have been the facts. Straight up. <laughs>